Welcome back to the Forget Me Not Diaries. I'm your host, Tyra. And I'm your host, Bree. We are two lifelong besties who are delving into what makes us, us. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. It's me, Bree, your host, and Tyra. Hi. <laughs> We're back for another episode. And this episode, we have our good friend, Krista, here. Hi. <laughs> Krista and I met when I was posting on my community Facebook page that I needed somebody to let my dog out. And <laughs> this wonderful human popped up. And from there, she invited me to this amazing group um, where we write creatively. And it was just kismet from there. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, Krista, she is a woman of many, many talents, but my favorite has to be the writing. Um, she's working on, I believe, a memoir, right? Yep. And it's just, I've heard a couple pieces of it. Tyra's heard a couple yeah. pieces of it. It's a, it's amazing. It's raw. It's powerful. I can't wait. It's going to be one of my favorite books ever when I have it. <laughs> but now, the my new favorite thing about Krista is that she's using those talents to help other people and with their online author platforms and to boost their audiences. So we're excited. Let's get into that with you. I don't know. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm excited too. We have some really good questions, I feel yeah. like, and a really good interview set up. I'm really excited to just yeah. delve in with you. Yes. We've already been sitting here. We've already been sitting here for 45 <laughs> minutes and like recorded its own fucking episode. Know, that's yeah. like a, that'll be a bonus episode. That'll be a bonus. It'll be you like a little mini episode. Oh, that yes. too. It was like, Really, it was really fun. Mm -hmm. it was, that was a lot of fun. So that I'm excited fun. for these these this little interview of questions with her. So yeah, it'll be, a lot of, it'll be a good time. I'm excited. Just like I feel like now that we've had this like 45 minute talk to the gaming, <laughs> I'm excited. We just up. yeah, I'm like no, this is gonna Chris is gonna be another one. I feel like yeah, we're just totally. Oh my gosh, repeating. I think there's great topics that oh. we have all three together. It's oh, very yeah. unique. So I do love the yeah, we have really great the trifecta here yeah, as fun well. Stories. Yes. Yeah, really fun stories. Fun stories. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So I guess the first thing I was really thinking of asking you was like, is there anything, and this is kind of general, like not just the podcast listeners, but people in your life, people in the world, is there anything you want them to know or wish that people knew about you as a person? Something you wish that was like more apparent to people? Oh shit, that is a deep question. Something I wish people knew about me. Hmm. I wish... You know, I'm not so sure. I get... But my first thought was, I wish people knew how insecure I am. Oh, yeah. And because, like... I think they'd be a whole lot nicer yeah. if, they, if they were like, this woman isn't full of herself. Like she's no. not, yeah. she's not feeling super confident or she's not feeling super comfortable. Like, I don't, I don't know how I'm perceived by others. Yeah. I have received criticisms in the past from, from different people um, that some criticisms stick with me and feel true. Some roll off my back and I'm like oh that doesn't apply to me it's fine mm -hmm. um but um I guess like I've been working on feeling more secure and feeling more confident and um understanding my own self-worth but but I 
what I wish other people knew about me was that it's always a work in progress. And if I come off like an attention whore, it's not on purpose. It's just because I'm excited to interact that with too. other humans. Right. And you're like overcompensating though because you're so fucking yep. insecure. So you're Sometimes. like, I'm going to try to win this person over. So I'm just going to be really confident. Like gonna... here I am creating connection. And I'm, am I doing this right? Yeah. Like, you're just I'm, very eager. Yeah. I'm, I'm eager. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I, especially in work. Yeah. I guess. Um, when it comes to what I wish people knew about like my other the second one that came to mind is like I wish people just knew when I was hungry and (laughs) And I think that's why I fucking love my partner so much because he's like he took it seriously when I told him he invited me to move to Alaska and I was like I have a few conditions I was like I'm only coming to Alaska if you can promise to keep me warm dry fed and like well fed and, <laughs> and um you promised to take me on a date now and then like I'm gonna need culture yeah I can't go up into a mountain and not see people for seven years like, I'm very <laughs> much a social creature and I also am very sensitive to my blood sugar levels so <laughs> he is constantly feeding me so the other thing I wish people knew was like I want you to know what I'm craving and when I want Got and when it. I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't even have to communicate it. You just show up with a sandwich or something. <laughs> I love that. But that's magical thing. Yeah, no, that would be. That's cute. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I love yeah. that. No, that, that really brings me into another question I had, which was like, I, I just like, you've had already like such a wild life, I feel like, I from what I've heard. And I want to know what. You had your conditions, but what was the thing that prompted even the move, the idea to even come up here? Oh my god, it's so wild. So, let me start with this. Before, I think before we press record, we were talking about my grandmother, Mm Bobby. So, uh, her full name was Alice Ahrens Williams, and she was a writer as well. She was a poet. Um, She was a, you know, fabulous woman. I loved her. I still love her. But uh, when I was a little girl, there was one day where we had a real big snowstorm in Connecticut and she was bundling me up to take me to an AA meeting because that's where she was going for the day. And, you know, as one does, she was like, all right, I'm going to bundle your ass up. I think I was like two and a half. And she wrote it down on a piece of paper and stuck it in a, in a, photo album with the date and she said Krista two and a half I apparently she was bundling me up and she goes oh my goodness you look like you're ready to go to Alaska Uh and so for years afterward I I would say when we going to Alaska because I thought a Alaska was a thing like a noun I didn't think it was Alaska So it was like apostrophe Laska. Laska. Uh, so for years and years, I was like, when we go into Laska, and every time she'd put me in the car seat with like all my bundled right. up stuff on, I'd be like, are we going to Alaska today? And then eventually as I grew up, I knew that we weren't going to Alaska because I could look at a map. Right. And then in college, 
as I started like creating a vision for the future and like things that I want to do and places I want to travel, I was always like, I want to go to Alaska. I want to take Obi. And so I was dead set on investing in a cruise to Alaska. And I finally asked her, I was like, do you want to go on a cruise? (laughs) And she was like, no. I don't have any desire to do that. I want to stay home with my poetry and my, my, how I like my house and my garden and I don't really have a need to she had kind of gone through her travel phase and in her older years she was like (laughs) but I was always fascinated by Alaska and then long story short uh I'll just sum it up real quick and we can go into detail later if you want but Basically, I met my partner, my current partner, Shane, when we he was six months old and I was 13 months old. My parents weren't even divorced yet. Wow. Uh, my mom started a little daycare business and she took on one other kid and that was Shane. He lived oh my God. two towns over. His mom was the first to reply to my mom's ad in the paper in 1989 or whatever. And he... Shane became the one other kid that came over all the time and all of his subsequent siblings as they were born. And Obi used to babysit for Shane all the time. Like, my mom would just, like, show off Shane and me to, like, her mom. And uh, Shane was a part of my childhood growing up um, for, like, a solid six, seven years. And then something happened between our mothers and we lost all contact. Wow. Dunsky. I always knew where his house was. Like, yeah. when I finally got my driver's license, I would drive by his house in Bloomfield, and I'd be like, I wonder what Shaney's up to. What's he doing? What yeah. is like, and I figured he hated me because my mom always told me I used to beat the crap out of him as a kid and, like, uh-huh. boss him around, and I bit him on the face once. Oh, my gosh. Like, but he used to do the same thing to me. Like, so. we were we were just rowdy kids. Wow. And we played together, and we napped together, and we, we, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, so fast forward of a whole bunch of years, I'm living in Portland, Oregon, and my grandmother, Obi, was dying. And I, I mean, she was slowly descending into that space of uh dementia and Mm. alzheimer's and congestive heart failure and she had had some strokes that were um really affecting her health and she still lived in the same little condo that she lived in since 1976 yeah she had the green shag carpet and like yeah so she was still in the condo and it was getting to a point where, like, I always thought, I was like, could I go? I'm living in Portland, Oregon, having my adventure, moving on from a relationship that didn't work out, and trying to find myself again, and then some forest fires start happening, and the smoke is filling the city, and I'm like, shit. Like, is it really that bad out here? I had only ever lived on the East Coast. Yeah, and I'm like, so the news makes it sound like the apocalypse is happening. And it looks like (laughs) a post-apocalyptic, like, terror world out there. What do I do? And so I'm watching the news and I'm like, do I move back to Connecticut and become Obi's full-time caregiver? Or 
do I allow, like, do I just hand off that responsibility to my mother and say, like, you take care of Obi. I'm going to go be young and live my life and try to give the West Coast another chance. Holy shit. So I'm like, who can I talk to that knows something about fire? And about a decade before that, I had been drinking a bottle of homemade wine in my apartment in Brighton, Massachusetts, which is just outside Boston. And I had been like tipsily going on Facebook looking for people that I hadn't contacted in years and years. <laughs> and that's when I found Shane. Mm. And so I friended him, but he was like very, he probably went on to Facebook once a year. So right, it was like, yeah. we never really chatted or anything, but I was like, I know that Shane Semenuk is a firefighter in Alaska. I'm going to call him or I'm going to text him and see what the real deal is. Like, he's got the behind-the-scenes thing. Right. So I I had just moved into a new apartment in, down in northwest Portland. I'm in my gorgeous apartment. I'm loving life. And then I'm like, I might have to give it all up and move back to Connecticut and take care of my grandmother. What do I do? And so I call, uh, I texted Shane, and he told me about the upcoming weather report. And he's like, you've got some rain coming in and some low pressure, whatever. And, and the fires are contained, so you should be fine. The smoke should clear soon. And so I decided to give the West Coast wow. at least one more year. Yeah. And Shane and I wound up developing a relationship. We kept talking and then I fell in love with him and he fell in love with me. And then next thing you know, he was like, do you want to come live with me in Alaska? And I was like, well, this is pretty meant to be. <laughs> sure. I'm going to Alaska. Oh, so here I am. oh my gosh, you're going to Alaska. Alaska. I love that. I don't I don't know what it is, but I am so emotional. Like story could make me just ball my eyes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's like period coming. I don't know, but kismet. I don't know. I just get so yeah. It feels kismet. Mm. God like damn. It was meant to like be. even you just talking about your grandma makes me want to just cry. Mm. When did she pass? She passed, uh, it's been a year and year and a half now. Okay. So she passed right after I moved to Alaska, really. Did you ever go back to say goodbye? My mom waited a long Mm -hmm. time to have a funeral. It was, I mean, yes. We were mid-pandemic Oh yeah. when she forget, got yes. really sick. So there Oof. was, I was able to visit, but it involved yeah. heavy lifting. It involved yeah. a lot of testing and then going to stay with her, quarantining, oh then testing again after I got yeah. back and the travel. And, and yeah. I it's a lot. didn't have a whole lot of money. No. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I did. If I had had tens yeah. of thousands of dollars, yeah. I would have been like, yes, yep. I will go whenever yeah. I can. Unfortunately, I, I didn't get to see her a whole lot when oh. her sickness got really bad, but yeah. there was there was some weirdness between my mom and I, and my mom had a lot of um, inner work to do yeah. independently with her mother yeah. during this time. She needed that closure. Oh, yeah. Oh, she, yeah. They still had some outstanding oh. stuff that they hadn't worked through. And here my mom is a grown woman, like 
managing some childhood trauma with a woman who doesn't remember her. Yeah. And so Obi had made it through the point. So usually when people start to go through the, the symptoms of Alzheimer's or dementia, they're, they go through this phase where they're pissed. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. fucking they're angry. pissed. They're like, let me put on my Sunday hat and leave the house at 3 a.m. because I'm an independent. Right. And I can do what I want. I don't know where I'm going or how I'm going to get back. But uh, and I don't know what day it is, but I want to be independent. You can't can't make me stay here. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a lot of like argumentativeness. There's a lot of irritability. And then they reach this point in the illness where they forget what they were angry about. Yeah. And that includes everything that happened in the past too. So if they were ever bitter about an ex-husband, if they were ever bitter about how life went for them, they sort of transition into this place of letting go of that. And, and there's this focus on like, isn't it such a lovely day Yeah, today? that's fucking crazy. Look, the birds are singing. And how can your mom And be my upset? mom was still pissed. Oh, okay. My mom's still pissed and trying to process her stuff. Oh, and my grandmother's my like. Gone. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't remember. I'm sorry if I did that, but I can't remember. And so it, it, I think what they needed was that time together. How crazy. So as much as I wanted to be there to rescue her and to take over and to. But like that was behind the scenes that needed to happen and you didn't know why. And like also. Yeah. And my life here, here my life is, is like, do I stay closely knitted in with this with this family on the east coast and like try to resolve this with them and like maintain control or like get my hands involved in it and here I was trying to heal my codependency issues yeah and like trying to learn to let go and like let things be yeah and trying to learn to accept things for what they are and set healthy boundaries and I'm like if I'm gonna go off like the Obi I remember yeah. would have wanted me to go 100%. off and live my life. Absolutely. And, and that is what my mom told me. I didn't yeah. believe her, and I still feel guilty yeah. as hell for not being there. But, but I feel like it went the way it went because it did. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you would have had a great time seeing a woman that you admired so much to being so sick. You know, so maybe that was like the weird way of the world saying, hey, you really don't need to be here for that. I think I would have caused more problems. Yeah. I would have been the Karen of the century yeah. with these nurses. Yeah. I would have felt the need to go back to school, oh, no. become, <laughs> become a nurse for people with dementia, and then I would be like, I'm going to be the best fucking nurse ever. Yeah. And then, because as soon as I went there, I was like, why are they not bathing her? Why, right. why are these dressings on her on her surgery wound not right. change right. like what the fuck and I wanted to go in yeah. and like slap some sense into some people but a lot of that behavior and a lot of that response on my part had to do with me feeling scared because I had absolutely no control over what was happening to my grandmother mm-hmm. yeah I was watching her go through surgeries go through strokes go through yeah. all this stuff and there was really wow. nothing I could do but love her yeah. and hope that the nurses Loved were her doing their best. Yeah. 
to yeah. hope that they weren't abusing her. Yeah. yeah. And like, I don't know. I think. Oh, that's powerful. I don't know. We kind of went off on a tangent there. No, it's okay. That's it's okay. Just... I was just curious too. Like you talked a little bit about, you know, going back and I was going to say, do you ever miss the lower 48 life? Oh, I miss. Autumn in New England. Oh. <laughs> Autumn in New England is so idyllic. It's the most you know, beautiful place in the world. Changing leaves, apple cider, apple picking, apple pie, pumpkin shit. Yes. You can slice everything. Pumpkin patches, um, corn mazes. Just the smell of wood smoke on the air mm-hmm. all the time. It's like cool and crisp. And if but you've warm ever, breeze yes, at the same time. Yes. <laughs> sunshine and if you've ever just like driven down a winding new england road at like 30 miles an hour with no real place to go with the windows rolled down on a september afternoon where you're getting that like indian summer warm breezes but you can still smell the first day of school coming you know like that kind of it's beautiful it's just beautiful but i will say um, I love Alaska. Yeah. I, I love, this place is so unique and mm-hmm. it draws a different, like it just takes a different kind of person to find yourself living and thriving in Alaska. Well, it's like, uh, you know, like you talk about the falls in New England. I just, it's like the fair time. Yes. The fair time here, it just is so reminiscent because it is start of school. Mm-hmm. And then you are driving a good old country road where you do have yellow leaves. Mm-hmm. And I do the smell from wood, wood, um, Wood stoves. Yes. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. And it's so the crisp. Good. It just rained, but there's like the fog mist and it's like, holy fuck, this is fall in Alaska and we're about to be prepared because Halloween's coming. Halloween's at- coming. And then it's like, okay, fuck, we're about to get winter as well. <laughs> and then it just, I don't know, just But morphs. it's like, we try to make the most of the I don't the even know. It's just such season. a, it's yeah. such a, a harvest season. Harvest and so one day so I do good. hope to experience, I mean, like I went to. Oh, we're taking, like I'm yeah. going to take that. <laughs> I would love to yes. do, a, like, a trip someday. I would, too, and we could, like, take her to all our favorite places. I want to go to the Finger Lakes up in New York. And, oh, like, yeah. That's beautiful, because you've spent some time in upstate like, New York, Yeah, right? Lake Placid area mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, Nick spent a summer working at the Price Chopper there. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, okay, so for all of the listeners out there who are familiar with Price Chopper, I don't know, maybe you're not so it's a grocery store. We have a couple store. listeners back home. Yeah, a few listeners. I don't know. Like, when I lived in Vermont, I lived in Burlington, Vermont, went to Champlain College up there for undergrad, and we were evangelists about the pea chops. Mm. We were like, they were open late. They had the good snacks. Like, they, it was just one of those places where, like, everyone was good. Like, <laughs> like, now people are like, oh, are you making a Target run? We did pea chops run. Pea yeah. chops. Oh, I love yeah. that. I oh, that's great. Oh that is God. great. Pea pea chop, we just had this affectionate love for our local grocery store. <laughs> yes. I don't know they what They do love their grocery stores over there, though. Like, there are local chains that, like... Like, Price Chopper started in Schenectady, New York. Like, it oh, was cool. an hour and a half away from where I live. It was like a family-run yeah. grocery store. It, it, the Global, the Global yeah. Corporation. Oh. Yes. Hmm. Like, I worked at Price Chopper for, again, those listening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anyone who feels that warm affection. 
affectionate nostalgia for Fred Meyer or <laughs> Stop and Stop. So like I kind of have some well, Fred Meyer I, memories. I, well, <laughs> Fred Meyer is an adventure. It is. Well yes, it is. Well, and you've never been to the original Price uh, Fred Meyer. That was the U-Haul place. The U-Haul that in Palmer was Fred Meyer. That was the that Fred was Meyer. the Palmer Freds. And the cars was where the Fred Myers is now. now. And so they, yeah, they had this rinky dinky like car strip mall cars. And it had Alaska Club in it. Yep. It had GCI in it. It was like this weird strip mall, and that's where I learned how to drive for a little bit. Was Man, in that parking lot. Strip malls up here. They're sketch. They do the but like everybody resorts to the strip mall, and my theory is it because it keeps the heat in. Oh, having freestanding buildings is yeah, your heat bill is less. No, no, it's not. And like we do have businesses that do go next. Like, like the yep. fact that Turkey Red is like a super fancy restaurant, but they're in a strip, strip mall. mall. Uh, no yeah, sense to me. It's a fancy strip mall. <laughs> <laughs> Got a tanning place, a little yeah. bistro. Yeah. You got all kinds yes. of Shane Lamb's gallery. What's that? He's a local artist. He's the dad of like this girl I did theater with, but oh. he's got a big artist like photography and painting. Damn, thing. okay, nice. It's That's a beautiful place in that strip mall. <laughs> I never just remember seeing it for the first time. I'm like, oh. I'm used to like strip malls in New England. Depending on where you are, yeah, they're not the greatest. No. Yeah. I was oh. going to say about nostalgia grocery stores. So my good old family back in Big Lake. Oh, yes. It was IGA and then it became yes. Steve, Steve's Food Boy. And so when you go to Glen Allen. Steve's Al Food Boy? Yes. And so that's where I met, you know, Chance. We always went to Steve's. Steve's Food Boy, IGA. Well, there's an IGA in Glen Allen. Yeah. There, you know, so like there are little tiny and IGA. I think it's we just had so, IGAs. Yeah, IGA yeah. was like a really small town. Yeah, and so here. it was just small town. So Big Lake had it, but now it's Three Bears. You know, yeah. Glen Allen has one. I don't know where else has one, but I feel like Three Bears then comes back in and it dominates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Three Bears is Three still Bears is local good. since yeah. 1984. Yeah, and Chance's family is really good friends with the Wise family, so. And the Wise family owns three bears. I just feel like back again a little bit too on another topic we had brought up is just like Alaska being this crazy mystical place where I feel like it really does draw people to it. And like yeah. there's nothing else like I trying to get my best friends to move up here with me from New York mm -hmm. and they've never been there yet. Same as you have always wanted to go or live there. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't that much convincing, but I just wanted to, <laughs> them to know what they were going into. I was so excited for them to experience this place yeah, and be like part of that story that like, of, of and you meet somebody from Alaska and you're like, my brother. <laughs> yeah. Like anybody who lives here, you could, you could stop some, anyone on the street in Palmer and be like this this homie's got a story. Yeah. yeah. This person's yeah. got yep. a story. Because you don't get to Alaska without having some interesting fucking backstory. Yeah. Yes. That yes. That is just wild. Like you meet people who are like, oh, I never thought I'd fight wildland fires. Yeah. And yeah. now they're like up in Fairbanks yes. putting out fires with helicopter yeah. water There's hot shot crews and right, shit. Right, right. Or like People who are like, oh, yes, well, I had a dream, and then I was going to work in technology, and then the Val the um, Valdez 
oil spill yeah. happened and people came up here to to help be environmental activists yes. and next thing you know they stay here for 30 years studying yeah. the songs of bowhead whales oh, it's like, fucking crazy yeah it's crazy chance was you brush cutting in caswell which is um north of willow almost to talkeetna and he saw these two old men sitting outside like hey can you get this branch over here yada yada and they're like we have been in caswell since the 50s whoa and it's like okay that gives god's, full body god's fucking country mm. where it probably took them four fucking hours to get from anchorage into fucking caswell back to dirt fucking trails like i like big lake was just nothing but a fucking dirt trail to yeah and you, would, you would need like you'd have to homestead at that point. yeah and so you would have yes, to make your own food yes you'd have to yep. so marguerite chance's mom her family came from where nick's family was over on in the new east. york so and from oh, the same yes yes so their daughter jesse was like hey mom and dad free land if you can homestead yep so they did so they moved over in the 50s mm-hmm. and so that land that's a very interesting Chances story that Paris, family the bogarts family not the bogarts the uh, uh dodson's Dodds. dodson's slipping cots and so that where chances family is right now the homestead that has been the homestead since the 50s fish creek has been the creek since the 50s mm-hmm. the bridge is there been and there isn't that amazing like i'm thinking about new england mm-hmm. and the history and yes. the way yeah. the older generations in new england really Really treasure that mm-hmm. historical. Well, this uh, shit's old as fuck. It is. It is pretty old. It's fucking old. Like I'm like, talking like 50s. That's seven years ago. This shit goes back 300. Yeah, years. like I yeah. lived in a house that was built in the 1600s the by a ship captain. Probably yeah. haunted. Oh, completely. <laughs> Everything's haunted out no there. No shit. Yes. Yeah. But like oh. you can go to graveyards where yeah. people were. Ooh. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Probably from fourteen. That's one thing that's weird up here. Is like is it? I mean, there's just very few graveyards. I think we're also down there. They're just massive. I think Alaska too. I feel like died there. Like no, makes sense. It's just people that died there. Maybe up here, people just. I think people get cremated because it's so beautiful too, and And they get. Dig in a graveyard. No. Like in this, when, how many practical yeah. months do you have before the ground freezes? Well, well yeah, not just that point. with the permafrost. You know, if it that, ever gets bad, your coffin comes up out of the ground. Oh shit! So, really? Yeah. yeah, they have coffins that come up out of the tundra all the time. Yeah, isn't that fucking crazy? Back up, no up, way. So maybe, up state. So maybe <laughs> that's a good point. Maybe that's a, we should look into that. Do right. That's a really. I'm curious episode. about the Siberian people as people. well. And their death uh, practices, pra- practices or procedures. Like, yeah, like what are the traditions around burial or cremation or whatever in other parts of the world where they have similar temperatures? Yeah, as because Christianity was really what started the whole burial. Thing. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, most other cultures burn their dead. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Which is more. Uh, eco-friendly yep. it's um yeah. more sustainable it kills diseases so you get yeah. that too. but like the black plague spread so wildly because yeah. all of these churches were burying I, mean, I didn't even think about that the plague gets into and the it's water. not like they had caves to go bury these people in you know what i mean caves at least you're like get that shit out of the way well, like in versus in, the ground yeah like ancient the real the real ancient tribes of like 
Scotland, yeah. Norway, like all those Nordic tribes, mm-hmm. uh, the Celtic, yeah, the Vikings, and the, and the yeah, the, then the Vikings, like they would have cairns. I believe mm. is how you pronounce it, and it was just like a pile of rocks in a sacred space that would sort of be like a cave, but more yeah. like just a little in. That's right. In the ground, thing. yeah, and that's where they would put the cremated remains yep. of their dead. That's right. So there was very little instance of plague yeah, and that's pestilence. So true. I guess that's because, so crazy because they would kill off any kind of diseases. Yeah, with burning the body yeah, yeah very true i didn't even think about that but i should look that in, especially but now i want to see a coffin rising up out of the <laughs> <laughs> but even like uh, alaskan native as well what did they do back in the day did yeah. they bury them did they put them out at sea at i'm so did that's, they... i should i need to look i that should up. know Curious. i took a class but yeah i don't, I don't think i don't let's know if we ever in, talked let's about put a pin in that. That. no don't yeah. look it up Yes, definitely. And if any listeners want to submit stories, like if you are a native Alaskan, if you grew up in Norway or some shit like that, like, yeah, tell us about these things. I yeah. want to know because yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, but speaking of, I guess Alaska, what has been one of the best things about moving here for you? Yeah, my friends. Aww, <laughs> yeah, I did not expect to make so many amazing friends here I started creativity which is our weekly writers group um, with my neighbor Haley and I mean I know I'm I can generally be a social Gemini Uh, I have my moments of introversion and then I have my moments of extroversion and there's something about being able to have social time with people that are not my romantic partner. Yeah. Um, like having a community outside mm-hmm. of the household is really important for my mental health. It's, it's really special to yeah. me. I like to know the people in my community. I want to know my neighbors. I want to meet people. And I, I knew that I could be friendly and I knew that I could take the initiative to learn more about the area, but what I didn't expect was how many people would just open their hearts and just welcome me in and tell me their stories. Mm -hmm. And like, now here we are, like, like Haley wound up being my neighbor and she posted on the community page and was like, are there any other writers in the neighborhood? And I'm like, no shit, you live right across the street. I love that master's degrees in writing and we want to write together and next thing you know i saw your post brie about ollie the dog (laughs) and i'm like i'm not a professional pet sitter but that dog's really cute and i have time that's crazy so then i just volunteered and i was crazy i didn't even realize that you didn't i didn't know it was like literal random have you ever dog walked she's never no holy shit That's so fucking she cool, just though. She just to literally my dog looked sitter. at your dog, looked at you, and was like, that's it. That's it. You know, I need well, to go walk Ollie now and then. Fuck, but yeah. it gets weirder, though, Tyra, because another girl was messaging me, and I was about to go with her, and then Krista messaged me, and I looked at Krista's page, and I had kind of been messaging both of them, 
And then I was saying to the girl, yeah, let me give you, you know, we'll meet, blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, I had thought it was Krista and I'd gotten them confused. Shut the fuck up. No, you did not. So then I went to their profiles and was like, wait, which one am I talking to? And I was like looking at Krista's page and all of her like descriptors and her pictures and things. And I was just like, okay, this one. I want this one to be my friend. Literally, you can ask Krista when. What did I say when you first met? When I first had you come, you're in? like, I don't even care if you walk my dog. Let's just be friends. Yes, <laughs> I was ready. I was like, I need to know this girl. And there was just, that's I so mean, fucking. I don't know, but I think it's like your vibe attracts your tribe. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? Especially yes. for you, for your friends, it literally is such a weird timing. Like, and yeah. I will say, it's been weird because when I was in Portland, Oregon. That was really the city where I could wear what the weirder shit you wear in the street, people are like, Yes, queen. Yeah. They are like, get it. If you're gonna wear you can wear the weirdest shit yeah. outside. You can <gasps> wear like high heels with pajamas and they'd be like, Get it, girl. girl yeah. And you can really let your freak flag fly. Yeah. Yeah. Be who you are. People don't give a shit. They're like, come in and have some artisanal yogurt. <laughs> like, Right. Like they're just there's cool people in Portland. It's a lot of like like that was really where I found myself again yeah, after after yeah. going through a, a rough few years and but everyone was very open to my witchcraft practice. Yeah. I could talk about being a witch yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But coming up here, <laughs> it was a lit it's been a little challenging understanding when and where it's appropriate to breach that topic. Um just because it is like another version of the Bible Belt. Yeah, it is. it is. And I don't know if it's because we're so old timey. Yeah. You know, we have these and... such crazy traditions as well. And it's like some Salem fucking witchcraft up in here. You're going to get Salem burned at the stake. Thank you. Yeah. You're going to get burned at the stake for thinking different. I mean, we just talked about it in our spirituality episode of being raised here in Palmer, where it was Palmer so many is especially Mormons, very... Christians, and where it was such a huge divide development where it was you were treated as an outsider well, i think part of it might have been the fact that palmer's a colony town where they that brought up too. all these farmers from the midwest yeah. and they relied on churches yes for community exactly Watching that was your kids. like that was your only thing it yeah. was like okay we homestead and we go to church yeah, yeah. and if you needed a community because you couldn't live and never have community. It would yeah. be no, a it's lot not like community centers were really a thing. It was like, no, it was It church. was legit. And you went with your best friends. And, and your you're family. like, oh, yeah, we're going to fucking Alaska. We're going to Homestead, bitch. And yeah. You went, and you guys started a fucking church. And you guys watched each other's children while your husband went. Yeah. Right. So I think it was just like, like you said, a big part of the yep. community mm-hmm. development. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Right. Very true. And there are a lot of alternative spiritual people up here. There are. But... You don't, there is a very clear divide where the churches, the church folks feel comfortable being loud about their beliefs. Yeah. Whereas there's a whole lot of people that still follow native tradition up here. Because we live on Denida land. Yeah. Yeah. We, this quote unquote colony has only been here, what, like 50 to 70 years. Yeah. There were native people hunting on That's this land crazy. before these 
yeah. housing developments were over well, here. Well, and we even have Denina Elementary. Like, we have, you know, we have elementary schools named after our tribes yeah. as mm-hmm. well, which is crazy. And what uh, what did they believe in, you know, versus what Russia Russians came over and for course them into believing right. as well that the, okay so that's the other yeah. side of it mm-hmm. is the russian christian influence that too is yeah that I, they, I haven't learned much about that so yet. the russians were here that, like beef we bought alaska from the russians yeah. right so like they In were already here yeah and, and then no, 1949 was when we became a yes state. yes so, so like 59 59 yes but yeah no russians <laughs> came over here and raped pillaged oh, did yeah. all that fucked up shit put, um, put all of these native kids exactly in well and, and brought of... alcohol and drugs into communities and yeah, just fucking right. spread that just shit like modern day well they just kids. raped the land too yep, like it exactly. was all for the furs the um otter furs is why they came here well. is yeah. to get the furs from all of these animals and these different things yeah, that they, and they couldn't get they didn't even know of the mineral land no. that we had when they here. sold the, they did not they know about know the oil, oil here no. no they didn't know and so you and i were just talking about this last week um a writer's group but i fell down a rabbit hole on the internet as one does and i figured i found out that and, and also okay i know we're I know. on <laughs> you're time but i can sit here and talk to I you know, guys i know i know i know <laughs> i love it okay so <sighs> Remind me to tell you about the fact that, oh, also, if you're a liberal, it's a really interesting place to yeah. live. This is a very red state, yeah. very Christian-based. Yeah. Um, but there are a ton of people who care about the environment here yep. yes. because we live on the land. Yes. Yeah. People are still doing subsistence hunt- hunting. Yeah. People are still doing subsistence farming and fishing and like we rely on the land up here because it is so exorbitantly expensive and highly difficult to get supplies from the rest of the world to Alaska yeah except for crystal meth and (laughs) because apparently China has no trouble shipping that stuff yeah right drug trafficking no problem everything else we're we're fucked. We can't we can't weeks. get prescriptions. Yeah. For three weeks. I mean the the prescription drug shortage it's here crazy. in Alaska is ridiculous. So now like all the ADHD drugs here are not available for the next month or so probably. So I meant to tell you too. I am lucky. My prescription for my ADHD medication comes from the lower forty eight. I do postal prescription service. Really? So I am not having any issues with mine. That's good. Yeah. Well, I magically got mine filled. I good. think I got the very last batch Woo-hoo. of Vivance available in the state of Alaska wow. because everywhere else, I called six or seven pharmacies Damn. the other day and they're like, nah, we're expecting it to be Fuck. refilled maybe next month. That's and the, the problem is, is that like we still rely very much on this land and being a liberal coming up here, there's like, it's this weird vortex of um, 
all of a sudden, like, it doesn't really matter if you're Christian, if you're conservative, if you're liberal, if you're a pagan, if you're, yeah. uh, if you're native, it doesn't really matter. Everybody experiences the, the negative 30 degree cold yes. and, yes. and the need for resources. Yes. Yeah. Cause it's either coming by a truck, it's coming by a plane or it's coming by a barge. So at yeah. some point you have to put down the argument that yeah. I'm not talking to that person because they're different from me yeah i mean people might not want to hang out right like the the church folks might not want to come to my house for breakfast yeah but they'd be willing to help me like they'd be willing to sell me fish or vegetables yes, exactly. or whatever yeah, exactly. like yeah. the community gonna... is just different here i feel like like yeah. we, we let we lay like you said we lay down a lot of our arms because of the the common issues we face yeah being just living here like at some point you just can't fight that hard because we're all fighting um to survive in a environment in a an environment, environment. Yeah, yeah this From, environment is inherently more rugged yes yeah. especially else with crackheads so you're gonna have a neighborhood watch group together whether you're pagan or fucking we don't have enough cops up here republican no. yeah, how many times i've been like driving 10 miles over the speed limit and I'm like I'm not even gonna worry about it I couldn't tell you the last time I saw a cop car I also drive a lot slower these days talk about well, Alaska, Alaska all, all day, day long yes I love that uh makes you true Alaskan <laughs> <laughs> but I was you know you mentioned earlier that like you and Haley got that group together and like you're like what are the chances that we both have this master's in writing and it's like I was curious um have you always known you'd be a writer is that something that was like always at the forefront no and I hated reading when I was younger whoa, whoa. I hated reading I didn't really want to write that much. Like, I would, I think I had ADD as a kid uh, and was never diagnosed because girls back in the 80s, we didn't really get diagnosed with it because we weren't fidgeting in our seats and, like, yeah. acting out. Instead, we were just forgetting everything. Um, <laughs> shit, I forgot where I put stuff. Like, yeah. that, that's my life. Uh, but when I was a kid, I remember cheating <laughs> on... The did you guys ever do that thing in elementary school where you had to read a bunch of books and then your class could win a pizza? Yeah, well, AR points. Uh, kind I of. Think we were a class that read class the most. Yes. and you do summer yep. reading or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was that kid that would be like, okay, I'm just gonna skim this chapter and I'm flipping through. Like, I did not have the patience to sit through an I entire yeah. book. It depended on if the book was good for right. me. Right. I'm a skim reader though. I am a fast fucking reader. I'm. A- Okay. Oh, there's shit happened. Let's go back a couple pages. What the fuck happened here? And then I'm gonna continue on, and then I'm gonna finish the book in two hours. That is me. That is always been me. I didn't find a set of books I loved Uh, until I got to second grade with Mrs. Pearson. I went from a Montessori school, which was not a good fit for me. I never made friends there. I even had my mom sign me a permission slip so I could go to the Wednesday Bible study group just because I wanted to do what the other kids were doing. It was like me, 
a Pakistani kid and like a Jewish kid that had to like go find classwork to do while the other oh thirty five students went and studied about Jesus. Jesus oh Christ. And I, oh I wasn't God. particularly interested in the Bible part of it. I just didn't want to be left out. Yeah. <laughs> and so like in Mont- Montessori school was weird. We had nuns and Oh my and God, like, that's crazy. Okay. But Whoa. Yeah, I was I was little. So second grade rolled around, I get moved to public school and I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. And so Mrs. Pearson she was the best teacher. She, I want, I would love to track her down. But uh, she introduced me to an author named Thornton Burgess, who was alive in the mid 1800s. Um, super old, unknown. What the fuck? Author, but he wrote these beautiful stories about animals. In They're second very, grade. In second grade. Oh my god! And so I started getting really into these Thornton Burgess books. And then I named the tree in the front yard and would, like, spend time sitting in the tree talking to it. And, like, I was really into nature. I believed, uh, like... Everything has a heart and everything has is breathing, moving, is a part of the eco... Yes. Yeah, I I had an imaginary friend when I was a little, little kid um, named Barry who lived in my throat. And he was a Scottish Terrier. <laughs> no idea. And, like, I would randomly look at my mother and be like, <gasps> and she'd be like, what's wrong? And I'm like, you sat on Barry. And, like, it was a big thing. Oh, my But God. I didn't like reading, really, until it was the Thornton Burgess series of books. Third grade went by, and I was like, fuck school. Yeah. And, and then, what was it? Fourth? It was in fourth grade. I came by the books by Yoko, Yoko, here, uh, you, oh my gosh, what's her name, I'll have to find the name for you for the show notes, but her last name is Watkins, but she has a maiden name that she uses, a Japanese maiden name, but she wrote the book So Far from the Bamboo Grove, and then this, the book that came after that was, uh, my mother, my sister, and I, or something like that, and it was, uh, about her experience being a refugee of the war in Japan, like post bombing, wow. and how there this was, so but it was so violent and so graphic that my fourth grade teacher had to put the kibosh on the book yeah. and just like shut it down. Like there was this scene where a guy gets hit by a train and this woman oh, witnesses wow. it, and like it, it's it's a very um, it was very real. Yeah, it was technically historical fiction because I think she changed some things right but it was based on a true story of her life wow and she came to our fourth grade class and then I think my teacher realized that there was some themes some wartime themes in the book that were disturbing so he was like "Mm, we're gonna switch books yeah and meanwhile I'm like yes give me more more (laughs) (laughs) I was like this is interesting. So I kind of had an old soul growing up and yeah. I had very little interest in things like Barney and same Barbies and Teletubbies and stuff like that. Like I, I, I thrived like lurking amongst adults. I yeah, wanted, same. I wanted to eavesdrop on adult conversations. Same. I wanted to be in adult yeah. environments. I wanted to 
learn about the nitty gritty. So I started reading more um, young adult narratives mm-hmm. around the Holocaust oh, and around the um, holy shit, the Hungarian. Uh, genocide that happened before World War II. That's and, fucking crazy. And, like, I got really into reading about um, forced child labor in India. Yeah. And, wow, and, damn. But I got into... And the Black Plague. I was yeah, fascinated yeah, with plagues. And, like, it was just very... It's so weird. Traumatic events, like, you were very, in, like, loved. Not loved, but, you know, fascinated. Fascinated by these things. And then also, uh, I was also fascinated with, I think, the learning more about why adults do what they do. Yeah. Like, how exactly. do I... How the fuck could this happen? How could this happen? And, like, how are adults treating children? This Did yeah. you ever hear of a child called It? Yes, yes, that fucking yeah. book was crazy. I never read it. All I could do was hear because I don't think I could have read it. In I like, read it in fourth grade. That make oh me, yeah, everybody read, read it in fourth, it in fourth grade. grade. Yes. It was like, I think it came out yep. when we were young and yep. it was like available at the library. It, it was, was like, it was. Like look over our shoulders and be like, because it was the adult section and read this book. Fucking crazy. It's, re- it it's is, fucking crazy. It is an intense account of one boy's. I mean, who doesn't know this severe, fucking book? Severe childhood abuse. Yeah. Severe child abuse. Severe domestic violence. I'm surprised it's not made into a documentary. I oh, am actually yeah. honestly shocked that it is not on Netflix or something to watch and listen to this man's story. Like, it's fucking, it's one of the most saddest, heartbreaking books I've ever heard. I've never read it because it would make me, yeah. I it's intense. Yeah. And also some of the things that this incredibly abusive mother did to her child is stuff that's still going on yeah. um, and is still happening in yeah. modern field. Anyway, so Anyways, to answer yes, your sorry. question, strangely enough, I did not always want to be a writer. I used to meet other kids that are like, I'm going to be a writer when I grow up. And I'd be like, okay, that's boring. Whoa. I wanted to be a pizza thrower first. That was my first dream when I was in kindergarten. I was like obsessed with Italian pizzerias and I just wanted to throw pizza dough in the air for a living. Then as I grew up, I wanted to be a marine biologist. And then I discovered how smelly the bottom of the ocean is and how cold boats are in like fourth grade. And I was like, well, oceans are awesome, but not for me, maybe. And then <laughs> and then I wanted to become a forensic scientist. Oh, and wow. I wanted to be a crime scene photographer. Yeah. And I also got really into blood spatter analysis in college. That's um, fucking cool. I was really into... I, I find it really interesting that you can take a... Like, if there's a drop of blood on a wall, you can measure the drop of blood and determine which angle it came from. Yeah. And so you can know the origin of the wound and like Even, if it's a cast off spatter yes. or whatever. So I got really into forensic science and then I got a, I was kind of forced into working young. Um, I had two jobs from the time I was like 15 to maybe 14, 15, as soon as I could get my work papers, like permitting me to work for money. Right. I was, I had a job. I worked at a video rental place, Video Galaxy, <laughs> and and then I also worked as a camp counselor. So my stepmom and dad kept telling me, oh, you'd be a great elementary school teacher. Be a teacher, be a teacher, be a teacher. And I'm like, 
guess I could go into early childhood education. I'm decent with kids. Right. But then it got to the point where I'm like, I'll deal with my own children someday, but I don't want to deal with, with everybody any, yeah. else's kids. Yeah. yeah. So, so I originally applied to go to school for early childhood wow. education, and then I switched to undecided, and the the first guy I got engaged to, um, I used to read him particularly poetic excerpts of my diary when I wrote something I was really proud of and I was like in writers club in high mm-hmm. school and okay. I wrote poetry okay my grandmother was a poet Obi. so um she started taking me to poetry readings when I was little and then in sixth grade I wrote my first poem and got it published in the local paper and then I started going to Barnes and Noble and like this was during the raver slam poetry era like all the young people were is the 90s and there yeah there was like slam poets with dreads there and then there were like old people writing poetry about trains and whatever and then there was me and so um there was a lot like I had a pretty tumultuous upbringing in terms of my family environment and so I used writing as a way to record what happened as a way to process feelings as a way to have somebody to fucking talk to Mm. who wasn't judgmental. I was like, my notebook can't judge me. So I started getting into journaling and poetry and all that stuff. And it wasn't until college when this guy said to me, like, have you ever considered like being a writer? And I'm like, well, that could be cool. So I dove in and haven't stopped since. That's how I became a writer. Wow. I love that. I love that it wasn't like, it was just something that, like, it was always kind of just a part of your life, but it wasn't ever something that you... Because I feel like I have a lot of issues where, like, I wish I'd just been encouraged more. And I, like, not that I wasn't encouraged, but encouraged in a way that was just free. Freeing. Go explore what right. you're interested in. exactly. Yeah. Instead, it was like, oh, well, you need to do this and then get published so you can do this. And it's all about, like, the publish aspect of being writing and that... You put pressure like that on me as a child, not happening. Nothing's mm, going to happen. Much. You it's sucked the fun much. right out of it. Exactly. And I think my that was just like my mom's way of trying to encourage me, like, this could happen if you did this. Right. Because you're good at it. And right. I'm like, but then I, it just like, I didn't ever, that's something about me is I don't want things to feel like a job if it's yeah. something I or enjoy. Or feel pressured. Yeah. Why are you putting the pressure, like the pressure, pressure around it? Yeah. yeah. And that's why creativity was, like, so important to me at the time because I just needed it for exactly what you said, like, to get my feelings out and to, like, record record and figure out what the heck I was even feeling and who I am. And, like, you had just posted something yesterday on your story about, like, trauma responses and, like, how, like, you are more, like, just figuring out who you are Yeah, when you have, um, like, no guidance in a way of being, like, being, growing up with, um... Well, and I don't feel like I had no guidance, but I feel like I still resonate with some of that because it's just like I still feel like I have no idea yeah who I am sometimes. right I'm 36 years old and I'm still in that place where I wonder like who the fuck am I yeah what do my habits define my identity or does this like inner soul feeling do my values define my identity like what even is this and it's it's been challenging but writing storytelling has always been fun listening to stories like I was I mean 
Obi was a big influence on me that way. I mean, she wrote poetry and bedtime stories and, and yeah. it was always like, I loved storytelling. Yeah. I loved a good story. Yeah. Literally my only aversion to writing and reading was my patience. Yeah. I could see that too. And so reading, I was always reading beyond my grade level because I was raised in a household where I was exposed to things that were meant for adults while I was a child. Yeah. So I was so used to going to AA meetings and hearing the stories of grown adults making poor choices and hitting rock bottoms and going through these very traumatic things like car accidents and over and like bleed outs. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that? Like when people go to such an extent of alcoholism that suddenly you just have a spontaneous bleed out where you bleed from your eyes, you bleed from your cuticles on your fingernails, oh my God. You, bleed, you bleed from every yeah. orifice, your gums start bleeding out, your any open space yeah. starts bleeding. Yeah. And, and if you don't get help, you can literally just, just die. die. Yeah. It's, it's so oh, dangerous. We have patients but, on blood But I learned about stuff. that when I was like six or seven. And yeah, it was... It was something that both was disturbing and then it probably some people would say inappropriate for me to learn at that age, but it also taught me the dangers of addiction really early and it probably saved me from a life of alcoholism because it does run in my family. Yeah. Yeah. Addiction runs on both sides of my family and, and, uh, anyway, as soon as I went to college, I was like, I'm going to be a writer. And I've dabbled in other things like I, and and then I had to decide what the fuck do I want to write about? Yeah. Do I want, so I tried my hand at food writing. I was a food writer for a while and a a food blogger. So I would do, I would make recipes. I would photograph foods. I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a whole profile. Oh my goodness. Okay. And then I was like. You know what? I'm gonna write for nonprofits, and so I started writing. And what I really wanted to do was sing. I no shit. Wow. A classically trained singer, so I can sight sing music. I have a background in opera, mildly. I used to do a lot of competitive singing, and I did every karaoke contest I could find. And like, I was really into music. I wanted to go to school for music. And my parents were like, that is, uh, parents, I still need to reprogram my mind around that. Um, my stepmother and my father <laughs> used to make me tell other people, refer to them as my parents. Jesus oh, Christ. Wow. It was a real mind fuck. But anyway, we can get into that in another episode. <laughs> um, but they were like, what do you think you're going to be? The next Britney Spears? Like, drop the fucking dream. You're never going to make money as a singer. Go get a real job. Oh, my God. And I wish... I would love to bring singing back into my life in some way. I just haven't found that out yet. Yeah. Um, But creativity has been such a powerful lesson in, like, building community in a new place. And then also just the, the concept of giving space to others like holding space for Mm -hmm. others as a coach that's what I do yeah 
like I love holding space and it's so beautiful to see like all you ladies different a different group comes every week to the house or we meet somewhere in mm -hmm. public and and we talk and we're oh sorry and we're honest and we get what it, what's been so beautiful about it is that everyone gets real vulnerable real quick we mm -hmm. cut through the small talk and we get to the real shit yeah and then we all just get quiet and we write together yeah and there's no pressure you mm -hmm. don't have to write something beautiful you don't have to write anything you can write poetry you can write a shopping list you could write a narrative yeah you could work on a chapter in your book you could write yep. an article whatever it is it's just a time to be in each other's company and write Mm -hmm. And a lot of these women who come to this group are like, this is the only hour of quiet that I get yep. all week. That too. And I love this. Yeah. And that for me is enough. I'm just like, yes, yes. Come to my house, have tea, have cookies. Let's write together. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you write. Let's just write. Yeah. I think that's like what you're saying too about holding space. It's that is exactly what creativity is. It's just space for you to be mm. and there's not I feel like enough of those like especially within my life I feel like I just you know cram it full of because I also love having a huge community and that's sometimes to my detriment but you know creativity was a place for me to slow down and still have that and have a time because before creativity I don't think I wrote in years like really wrote and like having a space just set aside for that creative expression, but at the same time, like a vulnerable space where it's like, it's not like I'm going and I'm writing at like this weird group where we just all write and, talk <laughs> and like say, okay, see you next Tuesday. Yeah. No, it's like, oh my God, I can't wait to see you next Tuesday. Yeah. This is funny. It's just so amazing. We, so I purposely helped Haley, like, so Haley and I came together and, and we just started getting together with coffee and, or tea and cookies and writing like that was our thing like we need it. to make time to write we have to hold each other accountable to get yeah. some shit done right like, yeah let's get together and then it turned into more of a community space and as we were developing the 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 way the event goes we decided to have one hour up front where we can be extroverted we can mm -hmm. talk everybody gets a chance to be heard seen witnessed acknowledged they get to say what they need to say because believe it or not, a lot of us, I mean, especially coming out of the pandemic, all of us had a lot to say and nobody to say it to because yeah, we were also right. isolated. Right. Mm -hmm. And life in Alaska can be isolating mm -hmm. on a daily basis. So it's been a real blessing for everybody all around. It's just, it's just a good time. Yeah. It has been. It's been a really great time. And this I think, has been a really great time. Yes. Thank yeah. you. And then I just like our last, our last follow-up question, oh, which yes. is what is your best piece of advice for living? <laughs> that is such a big one. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure my response would be different on any given day of the week. But intuitively, what I'm going to go with is let it go. Oh, yeah. I love that. Let it go. That's short, short and sweet. sweet. Yeah. It's okay to hang on to anger. It's okay to hang on to sadness. It's okay to rage. But also, 
and. It's not, it's not an either or, it's like an and. Yeah. You can ruminate on your emotions and on your life experience and on all the, the fuckers who have done you wrong. Yeah. And the societal systems that have set you up for failure or the, the people who never appreciated you or the chances you didn't take or the risks you never took and you regret, or, you know, we have all these things that we carry around with us. And my biggest piece of life advice would just be, uh, open to the fact that at some point you're going to have to let some of it go in mm-hmm. order to continue evolving as a human oh, and yeah. in order to make room for love because your, your human vessel can only hold so much yeah. until you're going to have to let some shit go in order to make room for the shit you want in your life. Yeah, very mm-hmm. true. Let it go. Let it go. So letting, like, hang on to what you want to hang on to. Yeah. I'm not here to judge. You want right. to be mad for 35 years that your ex-wife <laughs> was an asshole? By all means, stay mad if that fulfills you. Yeah. But if there's stuff from your past that is annoying or causing um nightmares or causing stress or causing insecurity or like and I still battle this and I reckon everybody needs therapy right oh yeah oh yeah like when in doubt get a therapist if you can't find a therapist but find a support group or find yeah. a 12-step group or find a friend who's willing to listen whatever yeah. or write in your journal yeah like, like therapy does wonders it does wonders you can't go wrong with mm-hmm. with therapy, but it's it's one of those things where it's like, I would re- remind people that they have the choice to let go when they're ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love it too. Well, thank you, Krista. Thank you so much for having me. I could talk to you guys all day. I know. <laughs> I, know. I love Same you guys. I'm Krista. obsessed with oh. this podcast. Like, talking about isolating in Alaska my partner is away fighting forest fires mm-hmm. right now up around Fairbanks. And I've been, I get into these places where I, I'm kind of lonely. It's a little isolating. It's a little bit lonely. And like I was folding laundry the other day and I saw that your episode came out and I was like, I need to listen to this right now. And I, in within an hour, my whole mood turned around just because it felt like we hung out. Yeah. It felt like exactly. I was hanging out at your kitchen table. Right. Just listening yeah. to you guys talking. And like, I was like, this resonates and that resonates. And I get that. And I'm, I laughed. I cried. I <laughs> right. yes. And by the end, all my laundry was folded and I didn't feel lonely anymore. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you for Hell yeah. this podcast. Thank you for being a part of it. I just, yeah. I couldn't have, like there are I so know, many very special fucking people. Excited. Excited for another episode with Krista. Uh, yeah, this me is, this too. Is so I hope all of you feel that same way when you guys listen to this. Because yeah. it was it was a doozy, and I think we recorded an episode, two episodes already yeah. <laughs> today. Yeah, like, so this is great. This is great content. But yeah. all right, till next time. Yes. And if, if anyone's curious about writing a book, marketing yes. a book, can I do a shameless plug? Oh, yeah, shameless plug. Okay, yes. so if anyone needs space held for them if you're wondering if you're a writer if you're wondering if you can be a writer if you're wondering how to market yourself as a writer or tell your story to the world and you're not quite sure where to start I'm your lady uh I'm a certified author coach I've been a certified business coach for a lot of years and um 
coaching can be really transformative because I'm not here to give anybody advice or tell anybody how to live or how to write or how to run your business. I'm here to help you find what works for you and make peace with it and then do the thing. And do the so, thing. uh, yeah, just reach out to me anytime. You'll probably find my contact information in the show notes. Yes. Yes. Yes, you will. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, thank you. Bye friends.